Well, hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to A Bridge Between. I'm Father Alexander Har. And I'm the Reverend David Marshall. And I am getting into the practice of trying to make Dave laugh just a little bit before we start. So I told him something funny, and um, that's what we're going to go with this morning. But he's not going to tell you what I said, mm -hmm. but he is going to tell you what we're bridging today. What we're bridging today is, uh, first, there's a bridge between Alex and me, and we're friends, and we cross that bridge often. Uh, there's mm -hmm. a bridge between us and the gospel lesson, um, and it'll, that will remain because we're actually not going to be talking about the gospel this week. Uh, we're going to bridge between this crazy, hectic Christmas season, uh, which seems a little schizophrenic. It seems like it talks over here, it talks over here. Uh, and we're going to be talking about the peace of God, which passes all understanding. So all of those type of things, we will attempt to bridge in the next 22 minutes. All right. Now we know we've got a time limit. Does that sound good? So uh, I, well, I wanted to right, start I mean, off because we're doing limit. the reading from... Well, yes, I, I have a pastoral visit I need to make this morning. Um, but we're talking about the right. reading from Thessalonians. Uh, we're talking about the reading from Thessalonians today because I think, and, and this is where we can have our discussion, is that in the midst of the chaos, and for many of us who are trying to have, quote unquote, the perfect Christmas, um, we're going to encounter moments of chaos. This is telling us to continue to pray that even whatever circumstances you or I might be facing, continue to pray. Um, don't quench the spirit, which is one of my favorite lines. Uh, hold fast well, to I mean, what is good. Can, can, I, can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah. Um, should we read it first and then we'll start picking it apart? Or did you want to? And well, I just wanted it, to say you... those, those two parts and then um, you can read the whole thing because it's like three or four verses. So Right, right. I just didn't Go want you it. to. You know, I, and you haven't mentioned my red sweater, my Christmas sweater yet. So, well, I was going to bring that into the actual discussion, make it organic. Were you? All right. Yeah. Good. Nice. Like, like, like that sweater is a color of red that reminds me of organic tomato. Oh, how nice. Well, there good. You, go. See? you do it organically. Yeah. Right. So for those who are not familiar with Florida, uh, we had something blow in last night. It was actually a storm that came through Washington State and made several rivers uh, swell up. Anyway, it came through here, and now it's cold. It's 57 degrees this morning, and uh, that makes us all complain. I have a sweater, too. I've got You can see it on the chair behind me, just in case, right? So uh, normally in Seattle, this is what you wear during the summer. This is summer wear. Um, <laughs> So should we jump into Thessalonians? And do you Absolutely. want me to read it? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the words of prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good abstain from every form of evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do this. I love it. I love it. Because... What, do you, what do you love about this? Well, the reason, the reason I love it is, first of all, it starts with rejoicing. And um, the Christmas 
season, the Advent season, I keep calling it the Christmas season, it's not here yet. The, the Advent season is a difficult time for me because I'm focused on two different worlds at the same time. I'm focused on the world of the church, which right. is the world that is preparing for the coming of Christ. Um, it, it's my spiritual life that I'm, that I'm feeling tested in, um, but also I'm in the secular world. And the secular world is telling me Christmas parties and all these fun things. And because I have trouble reconciling the two of them together, mm -hmm. um, I can get very sad this time of year because I'm thinking of all the people who I wish heard the story of Jesus coming into the world. Um, that's mm -hmm. why I'm so glad we had our lessons in carols service yesterday, because we have all of these readings that talk about the promise of the Messiah and the promise of Jesus coming into the world. And then we sing these hymns from our hymnal that mm -hmm. echo that and all these wonderful stories that are told in the hymnal, you know, through these hymns that we, that we sing. And so it kind of, that lifts my spirits, but at the same time, there's this sadness because I'm caught in between these two worlds. Uh, and I'm going to add to your worlds, if you don't mind. Oh, as many worlds as you want. So you have your uh, nuclear family mm -hmm. and their worlds. Uh, you have your extended family mm -hmm. and their worlds as well. And how do you handle Christmas? How do you handle the run up to it and who goes where? And um, are your boys pretty calm and even keel this time, or do they get pretty hyper and excited about things? They're they're pretty even keeled. I mean, they've got exams and stuff like that um, coming up, right. but they they know that um, this can be a stressful time for our family. But they also right. know that the real time for us usually comes after December twenty fifth because family comes into town. That's when we have a mm -hmm. lot of fun with cousins and my brother and, you know, other family comes in. So um, there's a sense of anticipation for that. And they also see that don't get too hyper. Mom and dad need a little bit of calm before the storm. Nice. Good, 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 good. Um, so you have many worlds as I do. And as I think our listeners do, uh, there are many different aspects to this time of year. Uh, the last thing to throw in there is that um, your church, my church, go on a fiscal calendar year. And so we have all sorts of things that need to be wrapped up by the end of the year as well mm -hmm. for that. Yep. Um, and many of our friends in the secular world uh, would understand and identify with those things, too, that um, there are just some things that have to get done this time of year. And so um, what are he was saying, Alex, is that I like that the lectionary has put this passage in from Paul to the church in Thessalonica uh, to remind us to do these things in hectic times. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, mm -hmm. Well, good. You were saying, and I interrupted you because I wanted to read it. Uh, mm -hmm. What do you pull out of this passage? What do you like the best? Um, there's a couple things that I pull out of the passage, and there's one that I'm going to have to ask you about um, because I want to know what your interpretation is. The giving thanks in all circumstances, um, I got to admit, and I don't know, I'm going to, I apologize for the movie reference, but it's going to be one of those movies that's on during Christmas time at okay. like 24 hours a day, which is the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. My know, favorite, yeah. That, uh -huh. That's like one of my favorite movies of all time. And all right. I can think about is that this poor man wants the perfect Christmas for his family. He wants a family Christmas that he remembers from when he was a kid and everything goes wrong. I mean, everything mm -hmm. that can go wrong does go wrong double. 
Mm-hmm. And to me, it's the giving thanks in all circumstances. It's what do you do when the food got burned or somebody got snowed in at the airport and can't come or somebody, God forbid, is sick or something bad happens. Remember, for some people during this time of year, it's a time of sadness. Mm-hmm. It's a time of remembrance, lament. Right. Uh, right. It's a time of estrangement if you're not close to your family. So right. it's it's Paul saying, even in the midst of all these difficult times that you may be facing as a community and as individuals, give thanks because God is good. Mm-hmm. And rejoice always. And rejoice always. Yeah. So you like the do not quench the spirit. Um, mm-hmm. Where do you think that comes from? And uh, what is it about that that you like? Well, I, I think of the quenching because of um, we're dealing with all the candles right now. And so I'm thinking of the quenching of the candles. You know, when you put a candle um, out, I sure. think of, you know, the spirit, of course, is fire. Um, so it's, right. you know, don't, don't put the spirit of God out. Do not put the Holy Spirit out during this time of year when you need it the most. Right. Yes. Um, I was just looking that word up and um, there's no way I'm going to be able to pronounce it. And I was hoping it was a word that meant something uh, that rung true in English. It does not, but it means to, uh, to extinguish. Um, so yeah. And if we think of the spirit as fire um, that I completely agree, you are you are straight on there for um, thinking about how to do that. So how does one quench the spirit this time of year? I think that we are prone to quench the spirit when we allow, um, for me at least, it's if I allow my bad mood to linger. Mm-hmm. If I allow a difficulty that I've had or an argument I've gotten into with somebody, if I allow that to kind of linger throughout my day and I hold on to either anger or disappointment, it, it really removes the spirit or the sense of God's presence from me. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't feel the life of God within me. All I'm feeling is that sense of emptiness and anger and disappointment. Um, yes. And that's quenching the spirit. I think the true way also that we may quench the spirit is we may, we may so focus on the secular that we forget the spiritual. Uh, and there uh, we go. And, yeah. and, and, and because this is very much felt like um, an interview on Good Morning America, I'm going to ask you some questions now. Well, I have some more things to go through, but, uh, oh, but okay. then like good morning, Mary, you can, you can certainly ask that. Um, what would be the antonym or the opposite of extinguishing or quenching? How does one, um, oh, how stoke. does one stoke the fire and, and spiritually speaking, how does one do that? Um, you know, we were actually, uh, talking about this, um, I'm trying to remember the uh, the group in which we were. Actually, I was with you, and we were talking mm-hmm. about when you build a fire, creating space in between the logs. And so um, the idea of creating space in our lives where air can come in and breathe life into that fire. And so to do that, our hearts have to be more open. Our lives have to be open. Our minds have to be open to what God might be willing and, and calling us to do. But also... Um, there has to be a sense of wanting to be on fire. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. We, we, we can't, you know, it's, it, Hey, it's cold outside. We need to be that fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. So part of this passage is I, it's fun when Paul writes things in threes uh, mm-hmm. and he's doing that, but um, the stoking the fire 
uh, you can look at the very first sentence. Uh, there's three things. Uh, rejoice, pray, and give thanks. Mm -hmm. um, that Paul, I would argue, is telling us that uh, do not quench the spirit. The antonym or the opposite of that is uh, when one rejoices, when one prays, when one gives thanks, that that is a way of stoking the fire. And so if you are at a, uh, a family gathering or at a, um, a Christmas party for your company, and there's always that negative person around, um, I almost said negative Nelly, but I'll say negative Ned. Um, so rejoice, pray, and give thanks. That, that, that's one way that you can help um, foster your own spirit and, um, and, and to let all of that breathe. And you're right. Um, we had this great conversation about making a fire and, uh, and keeping the logs separate or pushing the logs together that we are our own fire tender. Mm -hmm. And so we can do those things uh, that we can quench the spirit. Um, so you have some questions for me? Well, I was going to ask you um, the next line, which is, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What mm -hmm. do you think Paul is meaning about that? What does the this in that sentence mean? Sure. Well, um, I'm going to tie that sentence with the very last sentence of this particular pericope, this passage. Uh, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do this. Um, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, that those two things are holding together. Uh, if you will, uh, if you imagine that Paul has a flag with three things on it, um, those two lines are the post that holds the flag. Mm -hmm. um, and so what he is saying is that God's will for you is to rejoice and to pray and to give thanks. That, that okay. when you do that, then that's part of the stoking the fire, that God's will is to do that. Uh, the second part, uh, may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. May your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. And so you've got the sanctification, um, which we don't have any sort of time to even begin to talk no. about what that word means. Nope. Um, and so we have sanctify uh, and have your body and soul be kept sound and kept blameless. Uh, the one who calls you is faithful. He will do this, which means um, the things that you can do on the first flag that's waving, uh, the rejoicing, the praying and the uh, giving thanks are things that you do. Uh, it is entirely in God's will to, boo, to do sanctification and to have your body and soul be kept sound and be kept blameless. So with these two different flags, uh, God is calling us on this hand to do this. Uh, these are the things that God has for us and that God is faithful and he will do this, which means if you stop praying and you don't feel like rejoicing and you just really don't want to give thanks in all circumstances. The one who calls you is faithful. He will continue to right. sanctify and keep your spirit and body and soul in, um, uh, in sound and blameless. You know, that, that, that's, the, that's the Pauline approach, if you will, that even though we're supposed to do these things and we fail, God is, is over here and will not fail. Does that help? The way that I that makes perfect sense because the the thing that I would love to reflect on um, one day we don't have time yet and uh, is we see what it looks like when we're supposed to be faithful and then we're given an image of what it looks like when God is faithful. I would mm -hmm. love to see what an image of what it looks like when those two things are put together in the same thought of when human beings are being faithful and God is being faithful at the same time. And we see this vision of what we might call, you know, the kingdom in that, in that sense. Does that make sense? 
Um, well, we've talked about it before, but from Seinfeld, you have independent George and you have relationship George, <laughs> these two worlds. Can those two things collide? Um, it's more like a hamburger patty on bun. You know, I don't think that's two things, you know, I think it's, and this, this is where we get really weird. And so um, you think that they complement one another, essentially. I think human beings do what human beings do and God does what God does. And so, yeah. Uh, and so we have to struggle and do these things. Uh, but God is the one who's faithful. Right. And the point that I'm making is that when we see a human being who rejoices, prays without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, and God mm -hmm. is faithful, I'd like to explore mm -hmm. at another time what a, a person's spiritual life or Christian life might look like as that happens. Um, maybe we begin to see the fruits of the Spirit, you know, truly be present in that person. We see things happening around them that um, would not have happened had they not you know, gone down that, that road. Um, and I think my definition would be, and as I was kind of saying it, I realized it, that might be the kingdom is that when right. we're faithful right. and God's faithful, maybe that's the kingdom. Right. So God's always faithful. So when we are faithful and <laughs> see, this is, this is where we're getting this. Um, uh, it's interesting that we're running into this. Um, God cannot not be faithful. If that helps. No, no, no. I'm not saying that it's not that there are times when God isn't faithful. The point I'm making right. is that God is always faithful. And then what happens when we actually show up and we complete <laughs> the other part of the right. other side of that? Right. Okay. So some of that is surrender uh, on the part of the human. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would say just on the part of myself that mm -hmm. um, for, for me to be uh, faithful to who I am to God and to God's people, it involves being surrendering um, parts of my, um, you know, just letting go. And as they say, letting go and letting God, you know, that type of stuff. Um, and and so the, the surrender and the allowing things to occur and for God to work within your life, uh, that is being faithful to God. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes it makes absolute sense. I think that um, the point I'm making is that oftentimes we'll talk a lot about um, what it looks like in the negative when a person right. doesn't right. have the spirit, when, when things are breaking down and falling apart. And, and what does it look like when things are actually moving and being shaped as God wills it because God's people are responding? Um, mm -hmm. We usually get the other side, which is when we're messing up. Um, but I think sometimes it's encouraging um, to tell people there is such a thing uh, as God being happy with us. There is such a thing as, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. as, as God saying, you know, it, you know, jump for joy because you have been faithful um, in these, in these things. And um, I think for this season, some of that has to be about the hospitality that we show to others and to Christ. And that when we do that, then maybe Christmas finally comes you know? Mm. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, I see where you're going with that. Um, and yes, that there are, um, there are many times and places where people are faithful. Uh, and, uh, and you know, you're a parent, I'm a parent. Um, we always love our kids and sometimes our kids do what we ask them to. <laughs> sometimes we always love them. Not so much. Um, but, uh, but imagine, um, 
in that type of situation that you you tell them a particular approach, try this, and then they do it, and then it succeeds. And how happy you are, how happy they are, and you're happy that they're happy. You know that um, the that this happens. It actually, it happened to me Saturday morning. Um, did we? I have lost my clock. I don't know where we are on you got, time. You got a couple minutes. I want to hear the story. All right. So um, Saturday morning, uh, first incredibly busy week uh, at All Angels, fabulous week, but. Um, one of those super busy weeks that Saturday morning was going to be this time where I was going to hang out with Elijah. We we're going to watch something, probably Josh Gates or whatever, and, you know, have a nice time. Um, that all changed at 730 a.m. when uh, a parishioner uh, friend um, was uh, his family said he is he needs last rites. And um, so, you know that uh, how it is. So you quickly brush your teeth comb your hair a bit and then leave a note for the wife. I'm headed off to the hospital. Um, and so I was with him and it was, uh, it was the thing of beauty, uh, anointed him, all that stuff, said goodbye. Um, it, it was also Saturday it was the, the second anniversary of my dad's death. It was his death day. And so that was on my mind as well. And, um, and the, the parishioner, uh, Phil, who was passing, um, he, um, with his significant other, her name is Jane, and she passed away about a year and a half ago, and I, I still miss her. And so one of the last things I said to Phil was, say hi to, say hi to Jane for me mm. and, uh, and, and dad, you know, and, and all those. And so, um, you know, walked into the hallways of the hospital. It's still quiet. It's Saturday morning. And uh, heading off to my car, the thought passed through my head that I can't imagine doing anything else with my life, but this, yeah, you know, and, and, and it's, I, I have no other way to describe that, but I, I hear, and I understand you perfectly because, um, those are the moments that even in tragedy, even in sadness and loss, right. we right. feel a sense of holy perfection. Amen. Right. And, yeah. and, um, and, and I think that comes back to feeling like, um, we have been called to be an instrument mm -hmm. and, yes. and you showed up. And because, because you showed up, Christ showed up and the church showed up for that person. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so just walking through the hallway of like God saying, yeah, you are the right person at the right time. And, and Phil's a great guy. I mean, it's just the fact that I even get to be his pastor and his friend is just, you know, um, it's just humbling. And, uh, yeah. Um, so and, and I was rejoicing and I was praying and I was giving thanks in those circumstances that I thought Saturday was going to be a lot different, uh, at least Saturday morning. And, um, but that, uh, I don't often like to put the light on myself when talking about these things, but in this case, you're asking what happens when we're faithful and God is in uh, and, and God's faithfulness. And, and those are the things that happen. And, and I think to kind of bring this, bring this home as we kind of come towards the end of our episode, um, it's basically what we're trying to tell everyone in a long roundabout way is God has already shown up. Yeah. God will show up very soon in terms of Christmas, and God will show up again mm -hmm. and be present. Um, so what we need to do is show up. Exactly. And um, the flag that Paul is telling us to wave is to rejoice, to give thanks, mm -hmm. and to pray. 
So right. that's so, that's what we're called to do. So as we um, talk about this for the third Sunday of Advent, we hope that people are having a good Advent, that they're not worrying about it being perfect. They're just worried about it being faithful. Yes. Um, holy. Set aside. And it'll be great. So um, have a wonderful third uh, week of Advent. And uh, by the way, I, I call this a third and fourth because we really don't get a fourth week of Advent this year. So I, I, I will shoehorn that, that thing in. It will happen. Right. I'm really interested in how we're going to do this, by the way, next week for doing Advent and Christmas at the same time. Because um, at least on my church's calendar, they are separated by about seven hours. Um, from one to the other. It's not a week of Advent. It's seven oh, hours know, of Advent. I know. We will, we, will, we will figure it out. We will figure it out. But to everyone, we're hoping that you've enjoyed this episode, uh, that you're having a happy Advent, and uh, remember to show up because God's already there. So, amen. Amen. We'll catch you guys in the next one.